It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807 at News Talk WSB. What a great Saturday morning. It's going to be warmish this afternoon. If you have garden chores you're contemplating doing, might want to get them done before 1 or 2 o'clock this afternoon when the temperatures roll back up into the high 80s. Lots of sun today. And we're going to give away the WSB McDonald's weekend prize pack now. Ashley Frasca thinking of a number between 2 and 7 to tell us which caller will win a pair of tickets to see Rod Stewart. In concert, July 15th at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, produced by ASO Presents, and a pair of tickets to see Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire in concert, August 14th at Aaron's Amphitheater at Lakewood, again produced by Live Nation. Two great concerts. Who's going to win, Ashley? Caller number six. Caller number six. Work it. 404-741-0750. Sixth caller gets to go see some great concerts. Pat is in Kennesaw and joins us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, Pat. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help, Pat? Walter, got a problem. Uh, got the, my neighbor and I both share uh, a, a nice hillside. And we've got blue Pacific juniper planted on it, and for years it's done very good. Uh, several years ago, an area of it started dying, and I have replanted the area three different times, and they just curl up and die. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I've amended soil. I've done everything I know to do. Now it seems to be spreading out. The dying area seems to be spreading out to both me and the neighbor. What could be wrong with these things? That's a great question. You've done what I would have said do. You go out, you re-amend the soil, you plant another juniper. Theoretically, it's going to grow and cover and cover up the dead space. What time of year did you plant the juniper? Uh, it was about October. That was right. Shucks, I thought I had a shot that I could say, well, if you planted them in the you know, early, late spring or early summer, then that wouldn't be a good time to plant a juniper. I listened October's to you, perfect. Walter. You listened to me. And you know that's the right time to plant is in October, yeah. so you did it right. Um, I don't have a great answer for you, Pat. Uh, oh, no. You should be able to keep a juniper alive. Nature should provide enough rain and the right, right uh, environment for it if you plant it in October. I guess because you listen to me, you should just wait till October and plant another one. Maybe September, October, somewhere in there, Pat. But I, I used to think that there was a lot of spider mite damage, and maybe there's a couple of uh, needle blights that get on junipers. But it just seems to me in the years and years that I've seen juniper banks like yours that just gets a hole in the middle that it doesn't seem to be associated with spider mites. The pattern just doesn't look like spider mites to me anymore. And the uh, foliar diseases that juniper gets are typically no bigger than oh, about five or six inches in diameter where the tips of one branch and the tip of another branch about a foot away will die. That's not what you have. You have a big hole, a big area. And I do. Yeah. For whatever reason, I don't know why it died, but all I can offer is to replace it, put another one in there at the right time of year, and be done with it. 
This will make fourth time then that I'm Well, it. the lovely people at Pike Nursery are happy to see your smiling face. And don't forget, <laughs> they guarantee their plants for life. And so if you buy from Pike, if it dies next year, you can always take it back and get another one. Yeah, dig them up and take them back. It, it worries me that, that uh, it seems to be spreading on both sides, uh, hers and mine. Uh, we've got dead limbs all through, and it, it stems off of the same area. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just one area, but it seems to be spreading out. Nothing I could spray them with? Not until we know what the disease or insect is. I don't like to recommend unless I know exactly or pretty sure I know exactly what's going on. Okay. All right. All Thank right. You. Sorry I don't have a better answer, Pat, but sometimes gardens are mysteries. Plants are mysteries. They do things we don't expect them to do, and sometimes you just have to accept that they're going to do that. And like I said, replacement is about the best you can do. Helen is out in Marietta, and Helen joins us on Lawn and Garden. Helen, hey, good morning. Good morning. How can I help? I have a bee problem, or the lack thereof. Ever since they built subdivision back behind me took away the pasture i don't have many bees in my garden and this year i just have almost none in fact i don't think i have seen one honeybee in my yard i'm wondering is it because they have the lawn service that's killing them sort of doubtful because the lawn service is going to apply uh, fertilizer and fungicide, but rarely do lawn services also do insecticides. I just don't know that there are many lawn services that are going to put insecticides as part of the regular rotation of things. The main thing I think that has uh, affected the wild colonies of honeybees is the same thing that affects the cultivated honeybees that the beekeepers have, and that is the varora mite. And so the wild honeybee population is really, really declining now because the mite gets on them, kills them, and you don't have any more of those wild honeybee uh, colonies that used to be the bees you'd see in your garden. If you don't have any beekeepers nearby, anywhere in the neighborhood or you know within a couple of miles of you, then that might explain why the honeybees are no longer there. There are just not many of them out in the wild anymore. Any suggestions for my garden? Yes, plant bee-attracting plants so that no matter if there's a bee a quarter mile away, they'll say, let's go to Helen's house. Helen has some agastache, has some uh, uh, mint, has some other plants, abelia maybe, holly surely, that will really feed us, and we want to go to Helen's place. And so they'll come and hang out at your place, and your neighbors <laughs> won't have any bees in their yard anymore. <laughs> you, can, you can look on my website. I've got a whole list of bee-attractive plants and where you can put them. But when I go to Pike, a lot of times I go back and just observe which flowers seem to have a lot of bees around them. There's one called Agastache or Agastache, or I can't pronounce it. I think it's Agastache is correct. But it has bees on it every time I go to Pike. There's a honeybee or a carpenter bee or a bumblebee back there flying around the Agastache or Agastache uh, display at Pike. So go and look and find and see if you get some bee-attracting plants and put those in your garden to attract any bees that are left in the neighborhood. So you don't think it has anything to do with the neighbor's lawn service? Because I know a lot of them have it. I doubt it. Uh, herbicides, the weed killers they put on a lawn, the fertilizer they put on a lawn, generally speaking, don't have much effect on insect populations. Okay. Or the, that plant you're talking about that I won't try and pronounce. <laughs> okay. Is uh, is it a perennial, or is it something you'd have to plant every year? Yeah, you have to plant it every year. It's an annual. The great thing about Agastache, though, is it blooms from pretty much the day you put it in the ground all the way to the first frost. So it always gives you color and flowers that attract the bees. 
Okay, does it get pretty big, or would Not I need really. to buy a lot of it? A foot and a half tall, maybe. Big spikes oh. of blue, white uh, flowers on it. Really nice plant. I mean, you'll be proud to have it in the garden or in the landscape, either one. It'll it'll make you feel happy to have have it there, but it has to be replanted every year. Okay, I heard your story uh, the other day about fertilizing the or uh, with the squash. I heard you yeah. tell the lady, and so I've. I'm trying that because the squash are not growing. <laughs> Nothing. Are you happening. singing? Come on. Are you singing to them, Helen, or not? No, but I'm praying over them. All right. Well, prayer and sing, prayer and songs, either one. Just sing a little bit to get a little romantic, you know, interlude going on between your squash there as you pollinate them. And I hope you have good luck with it. But get you some bee-loving plants. Go to WalterReeves.com if you want to and type in honeybee or bee or something in the search line. That'll take you to the article I wrote about all the plants that I think attract bees best. Comes to us now, Andrew, down in Albany, Georgia. Andrew has an affliction that he does not want to have anymore. Andrew, good morning. Morning, Walter. How y'all? All right. What's going on down in Albany? Um, about two and a half, three years ago, I had some sand uh, delivered in the yard, you know, level out some spots. And now I've got this summer, I got these little flat stickers. They're uh, mm. shield shaped. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're all over the yard. And if you walk barefoot out there, oh, you'll have to go to church on Sunday because you'll say some (laughs) ugly words when you step on a sand burr out there. Oh, they hurt. (laughs) Yep, they do. So, What do I need to put on them? Right now, there's not a whole lot. You can look at some of the sort of what I call broad-spectrum herbicides. There's one, the, the Bayer people have the season-long weed control, and Ortho has uh-huh. a weed Begone max. And both of those do some little bit of control of the sand spur, but the real thing that will control them is putting a pre-emergent out in uh, fall and in spring. Okay. So a good application of a good pre-emergent. Halts is one brand name you know. But um, oh. you can put a put a pre-emergent out in September and another one out in the first week of March maybe. And these are annual plants. That's the good thing about the Sandsburg. They're annual plants, which means if you put a pre-emergent out and stop them from, able to, from being able to germinate, then uh-huh. you're way ahead of the game. But pre-emergent is key. Right now, use one of the uh, broad spectrum weed killers and see if you get just a tiny bit of control over over them with okay, that. Okay, now should I uh aerate, you know, like core uh core aerate aerate the yard then put uh, like in September put the pre emergent out? If you need to aerate, I mean in Albany it's pretty sandy, loose soil anyway, so I don't uh-huh. think of Albany needing a whole lot of aeration done to the ground. Okay. If you do decide you want to aerate, do the aeration first and put the pre emergent down after aeration. Okay. Thank you, sir. It is a great pleasure talking to you, Andrew. Uh-huh. We'll Bye-bye. see you soon, man. 404-872-0750. Mark in Powder Springs has a squash that stays the same size. We'll talk about why that might be in the next half hour. Marion Roswell has an oak leaf hydrangea that just has not bloomed, and she is about tired of that. Paul in Atlanta wants to get rid of moss in the or sort of mass weed, not moss, but a mass weed. And Cecil in Covington has a Cleveland pear with brown limbs on it. What's going on with that Cleveland pear? We'll talk to each and every one of those people. Maybe you in the next half hour, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. 
And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today is the perfect day for taking all those seed pods off of your Stella de Oro daylilies. I've seen lots and lots and lots of Stella de Oro's bloom for the last couple of weeks, but they have a particular propensity for making seed pods, and if you take them off, you can have more flowers later on this summer. Highs today go up into the very high 80s, maybe 90 degrees, lows overnight into the mid-60s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Mary is out in Roswell, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mary, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question about an Oakley hydrangea that was very happy where I put it. It just got too big. Yeah. And I cut it back in about uh, July, a couple of years ago, way back. <laughs> it was a, about 10 feet tall. Ooh, okay. And uh, loads of blooms, but it was just too uh, happy and so I apologized and cut it down to about two or three feet and last summer it didn't bloom and this summer it didn't bloom. Tell me how you apologized to it. I don't know. Well, you know, maybe your apology was not taken. It said, I am just mad at you now and I'm not going to do anything for you because you didn't apologize right and I didn't (laughs) feel you still hurt. I don't think there's anything you can do. If it's in the right environment, Eventually, it's going to grow back. It'll its feelings will heal. Will. Well, I don't have to feed it, or I do give it. Uh, you know, I pound a couple of stakes around yeah. it. Yeah. Those um, fertilizer stakes. Sure. Have you done that already this year? Yes, sir. Okay. And it, well, it didn't make any difference. The other, I bought another one at the same time, and it's at the other end of the uh, landscaped area, and it's very happy as well. And it's. Huge. But let me, let me suggest is- you do one thing maybe to just help on the fertilizer end of stuff. Get a water-soluble fertilizer, miracle Grow. of course, is the main brand you see at the garden stores. Okay. Get some miracle Grow, mix it up like it says on the label, and water your recalcitrant hurt feelings hydrangea with that and that'll help to stimulate a few more leaves and leaves lead to flowers i mean that's how it it all works so it looks great it looks great it's about um four feet now it's full it just never got any any blooms again and i wondered if i pruned it too much or pruned it too soon yeah one or the other (laughs) i don't know which but one or the other yeah you probably did but still in all if you make it happy this year get more leaves on it it's going to bloom next year uh, this year you enjoy the foliage and the fall color, and that's about it. Next year, look forward to those oak leaf hydrangea blooms. I've seen a bunch of beautiful, beautiful, beautiful oak leaf hydrangeas around town. In fact, the couple that I really like the most are beginning to turn that sort of reddish pink color on them, and I just think that's lovely on oak leaf hydrangeas when they start that change from white down to pink and then to red, sort of a wine red. I just love that color. It's 828. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836, 69 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. 
I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you care to do in the garden. All you have to do is call 404-872-0750. We've got six calls lined up right here. But one of the ways you become more successful as a gardener is going and buying your plants at Pike Nursery and Mickey Gazaway. There was a line of people at the door at Pike Nursery that I passed yesterday. Mickey? Yes. And so I'm wondering what is going on at Pike that all these people were just streaming in the door. We have our red tag sale. And let me tell you, this is the best one I think we've ever had. We've got so much stuff that's on sale, you just can't imagine it. We've got store-wide, we've got like um, the um, all the, the common azaleas, just the regular azaleas are half price. Yeah. The patio furniture is 30 to 70 percent off. The rhododendrons are half price. Um, foliage house plants are 20 percent off. Um, let me see, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> um, 30 percent off vegetables. Um, 70 percent off. And that's at all the stores. And then Different stores have different things that yeah. are on sale according to their inventory. I got yesterday, I got a Daphne because my Daphne died last year. Uh-huh. I got a Daphne for half price, and that's just unheard of. And it was beautiful. It was so pretty. So I was excited over that. So if you come to West Cobb, we've still got a few more Daphne. <laughs> the the Tuckle Hill store that I went by yesterday, they had a line of people going in the sliding doors on one side and a line of people coming out the sliding doors on the other side with oh, big great. cartloads of, of plants and, and soil and fertilizer and things like that. So yeah, I thought, man, something's going on. It's really, 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 really good. So you just have to take time, take your time so you can walk through because there's so much you don't want to miss anything. And this is not the sooner a, you come, the better the deals are going to be. This so is not a regular to, pike pick. You don't have to tell anybody this is the pike pick. No, you, you don't have to say, tell them. Just go 20% and say, off. Everything's some marked of those down. rhododendron for half price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's nice to have the big red tag sale sort of put fill in some holes that you have in the landscape with a half-price plant. Mm, can't argue That's with right. that. That's exactly right. Any classes today? We've got a succulent class today. Cool. So how to grow jade plants. How to plants. grow succulents. Yeah. Cactus. Are they going to be the indoor-type succulents both. or the outdoor kinds? It's going to be both. It's going to be a mixture of the cactus and the, um, the succulents, indoor and outdoor. I went and looked at my Angelina sedum that I got a year ago, I guess, and it was looking great. It was coming Mine out of the sides too. of I've got, In fact, that's been my favorite when I put it in the lemon ball, and I can't tell them apart. And I put them around the edges. I, I, got, I was inspired at Gibbs Garden because he's got them everywhere. Yep. And I just love the way they look. So I've got them in all my beds now. They look really good. Yeah, Angelina Sedum. So Sedum class on sale, or Sedum class is uh, presented at nine today. O'clock. 9 o'clock. So let's mm-hmm. get out of here 20 minutes from now at 9 o'clock. We'll have the Sedums class there. And bring your checkbook and your credit card and get some really deeply discounted plants and shrubs and, and other garden accoutrements that will That's be there. That's exactly right. Nursery. Whatever that means. <laughs> I just thought I just threw it out there just well, to impress I was everybody. I was impressed. Accoutrement. Okay. Uh, everyone who's from France or speaks French will now say, what an idiot. He didn't even know how to pronounce that word. Okay. All right. But that's okay. You know, right. I, how you people pronounce plants, is, it's okay with me. You that's play right. camellia, camellia, hydrangea, hydrangea. You know, it doesn't right. bother me at that's all. Right. Mickey, it's great talking to you this morning. Where would we get other details about how to find Pike Nursery and everything else? At pikenursery.com. That'd be a great place. Mickey, it's so wonderful talking to you. See you next Saturday. See you soon. Bye. <laughs> 404-872-0750 gets in. Mickey leaves us a little place right there for you to come in. Mark's in Powder Springs. Let's go as fast as we can here. Hey, Mark, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fine, man. How can I help? 
I have some squash plants that I planted about a month ago, and they're staying the same size. I've side-dressed them. Yeah. I loved on them. <laughs> You've sung to them. You've apologized to them. You've done... I I'm not gonna lie to you. I haven't apologized or sang to them. <laughs> How big is the same size? Are they a foot tall, three inches tall? What are they? About six inches. And they have not changed at all in a month. Come on, Mark. Yeah, that's right. That's why I'm calling you. Wow. I mean, to me, Maybe that's they, they might have grown a couple of extra leaves. Yeah. After I side dressed them, but yeah, they're not. They're just not doing well. To me, that sounds like hard soil or something about how the root system are not able to expand and without a very big root system, that's why the top would be small. Is there any possibility it's just hard soil? Negative. No, sir. Shoo. No, sir. That's a good, good garden spot that we put them in yeah. this year. Full sun. Everybody's happy with the sunshine and the watering and all no, that. No, the wife isn't happy with the sunshine, but I tell them they get plenty of sun. <laughs> how much sun do they really get, though, Mark? Probably about five hours. That's enough. They'll be fine. Huh. Mark, I don't have an idea. Don't have a clue. Don't have a reason at all. If, if it's not so, uh, hard soil, then you fertilize, you side dress. How long ago did you fertilize, did you say? About a week and a half ago. Yeah, you're fine. And I think five hours is enough sun. Maybe they would have grown a little bit better if it was in full sunshine all day long. But if you got five of full sunshine, that should be enough for a yes, squash sir. to get out and <clears throat> grow a little bit. You think I can side dress them again and either make them grow or burn them up? <laughs> I, you know, if I were, what did you fertilize with? What did you side dress with before? Triple 13. Boy, I don't want you to do too much on there because you are going to burn them up if you put more, much more fertilizer on it. I, you know, maybe if you got a little bit of fertilizer, just a just a little pinch of fertilizer right next to the, uh, well, two inches maybe out from the stem. Yeah. Might help a little bit, but no guarantees, Mark. No guarantees. Thank you, Walter. All I right. really enjoy your show. Tell your wife we said, hey, five hours is fine. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Don't want to start any fights over there, but I think five hours to get a squash to grow. 42 minutes past the hour, and that gives Paul his turn. Paul, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, man. Good morning, Walter. How morning. are you? I'm fine. How can I help? Good. So last summer, I uh, re-landscaped my yard, and I planted, I made a lot of beds with yeah. a lot of plants and stuff, but I'm getting a lot of weeds. It's too much for me to go out there and, and handpick every, everyone out every weekend. Is there a product that I can put down over the whole bed that will kill the weeds, but not touch the shrubs or plants? Not if they're perennial weeds. If they're things that come up from the roots every year, like brambles or dandelions or things that just are a perennial-type plant, there's nothing selective enough that I feel comfortable saying, yeah, spray over the whole thing and it won't hurt your boxwoods, won't hurt your hollies or hydrangeas or anything like that. I think the best thing you could do is use pre-emergence. Pre-emergence will keep the seeded weeds from sprouting in the spring or in the fall, either one, if you do the two applications. But there's nothing that I would feel comfortable saying, just over the top spray and it'll kill all the weeds and keep your landscape plants healthy. And I don't think that's going to work. All right. Thank Sad you. to say, you know, get your teenager. I got a teenager down the street. Doggone, that kid is busy. And so I get him to come and help me a little bit. But I could use more help if anybody wants to volunteer <laughs> to come to my house. Pulling weeds, that's fine. Help me pull weeds out of my landscape beds, too. But nothing that'll spray, Paul. All right, thank you. All right, good talking to you. 44 minutes past the hour of 
8 o'clock this morning. That gives Deborah way down in Warner Robins her chance. Deborah, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you today? I'm fine. How can I help, Deb? Well, I have an oak tree. When we built our home, uh, we transferred that oak tree from one area to another portion of our yard, so it's at least 22 years old. Wow, okay. It had probably a trunk about three inches in diameter when we moved it. But the last two years, uh, this year being the worst, I'm getting these spots. They look like rusty spots on the leaves, and we're dropping leaves throughout the summer. Uh, This year, the rusty spots seem to have appeared earlier in the spring than they did last year. How big are these spots? Big as a pencil eraser, half an inch, three quarters of an inch? How big are they? Anywhere from the size of a pencil eraser up to, I'd say, at least three quarters of an inch. I've got a theory already. What is it? Oak leaf blister. Well, you know, when I looked at that, and then there was another uh, fungus that I looked at, I wondered if it could be either one of those. So is there any way I can treat it now, or do I have to wait until next year? I, the tree is 20, how many feet tall? 20, well, I don't know how many. It's huge. Okay. Not practically. I don't think there's a way to do anything now. I mean, the, the fungus that causes oak leaf blister is already there. It's already infected the leaves. The leaves are falling off as a result. Not much you can do even to protect new leaves. Not many more leaves are going to be made on the oak tree to to uh, be able to protect. Yes, so sir. the probably the best you can do is simply keep it watered during the summer this year. All the leaves that stay on it, they'll certainly appreciate the water. And if you wanted to, maybe next year you could consider getting a liquid sprayable fungicide and spray it as high as you can in okay. the tree and try to keep oak leaf blister at bay. But whatever reference you found online, if there is a you know fact sheet from an extension service in another state, oak leaf blister happens all across the country. So anybody else's recommendation for a fungicide would be what I would use. I can't remember offhand one to, to use for it, but whatever another state says use for oak leaf blister, I'd feel comfortable saying use that. Okay. Well, now the other thing we've never I've never fertilized that tree per se other than just putting our regular lawn fertilizer yeah, yeah. around it, you it, know, when we're fertilizing. It'll get all the fertilizer it needs from the lawn fertilizer. It doesn't need to be specially fertilized. None of those stakes or anything. I don't think so. I think trees do a lot better if you don't fertilize them extra because they just seem to grow stronger. They don't have quite the droopy limbs that you might have. If you put a lot of fertilizer on a tree, the limbs will droop a little bit because they just grow so fast from that extra fertilizer, and the lawn fertilizer seems to be perfectly adequate for most trees. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for calling, Deborah. Um, Bye-bye. There's been two things on oak trees this year that have been very common, and I have seen pictures that people send to me and people send to my extension colleagues. One is oak leaf blister. The leaves look sort of we talked about just now. They were lighter colored, had this blistery appearance to them, quarter inch to three quarters of an inch in diameter. Oak leaf blister. There you go. The other one is a more curious thing. It's called jumping oak gall. It's a little warty looking thing, and it can be hundreds of them on one leaf, and they fall off of the tree probably about three weeks ago is when a lot of them were falling off the tree and they jump when they hit the ground. They jump a little bit. There's a little larvae inside that wart-like thing. And so a lot of people call and say, what is this seeds dropping down out of my oak tree? It was just the oak 
the uh, uh, jumping oak galls that were falling off the leaves and hitting the ground, they'll hatch out of that after a while and they'll go into the ground and overwinter. And most of them will die in the wintertime, but a few will come out. Evidently, we have the right conditions for a lot of these oak leaf jumping galls to, uh, to overwinter this year. And they came out with a, with a vengeance this spring. Nothing to do about them particularly. They don't really hurt the tree very much. Oak leaf blister really and truly doesn't hurt the oak much because it's sort of a seasonal thing. You don't always get either the blister or the jumping oak gall, either one every year. It just depends on the environment and what's conducive for either one of them. It's 848. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Summer is just about here. Dress light, get outside, get the work done. Uh, this afternoon, it'll be rolling into the mid to high 80s, maybe even 90 degrees this afternoon. So a sunny, bright, hot, almost summer afternoon in Atlanta. Overnight, partly sky, partly cloudy skies remain. Lows down into the mid-60s or so. No chance of rain pretty much all day long. Your full weekend forecast comes up at 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Dale lives out in Tucker, Georgia. She joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Dale. Good morning. Hey. Hey, hey Walter. How can Establish- I help? Established raspberries. They're three years old this year, and they are loaded with, I call them uh, buds, yeah. raspberry-colored buds. Yeah. They will not open. And the same thing happened last year, the few clusters that I had. One opened. I had one tiny little raspberry. This year I was so excited. <laughs> loaded, no raspberries. Huh. I looked at my blackberries yesterday. I actually ate two blackberries off my blackberry vine yesterday oh, I afternoon. Have, I have blackberries, I have blueberries, and I have beautiful raspberry vines, but I can't get it. And I've tried to research it, and it just tells me online about when they should open and how they should look, and mine just are pointing to the sky. Mm. Have you seen any stink bugs out there? Is there any possibility stink bugs are sticking their noses in the buds before they open and cause them to abort? Is that I, any possibility? I I've examined them. I've, I've loved them. <laughs> I've sung to them. I've prayed over them. I've fertilized them with uh, milorganite. Uh, I'm going to just take them down this year because they're going to take over my whole garden oh, yeah. area. It, what it, what it, variety do you have? Do you remember? I, I knew you were going to ask that. They were purchased at, uh, they weren't purchased at a nursery. They were yeah. purchased in one of these boxes in a you know, like a yeah, they have dormant. There are several raspberry varieties that are commonly sold and grown in Georgia. Dormant red is one. Uh, something was September wine or something like that. In the name, otherwise than that, I don't know that I have any diagnosis for you, Dale. I just hate to say it, but I don't can't think of a reason why a raspberry bud would not open up. Possibly, if you got it from a big box store, it's a raspberry that's more adapted to cooler weather. Possibility, but I wouldn't think that would be much of a chance of happening. Hey, we're going to have to keep on thinking about that. If anybody else has an idea, email me at Walter Reeves at WalterReeves.com and just let me know what you think, why a raspberry would not open up. It's been a great Saturday morning to do it with actually frasco screening calls and answering questions off the, off the air. Scott Maxson gets the greatest music and make sure we stay on the air the full Saturday morning. Go to my website for details about our trip to Cuba in October, about subscribing to my email newsletter, the Twitter account, the Facebook account, all that stuff is great for you. 
And next Saturday morning, we'll see you right here for another edition of Lawn and Garden.